0: This is Amy, the Senior Group Fitness Instructor at the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. Are you looking for a spark of inspiration to bring to your next class? Find us at IndoorCycleInstructor.com.
1: Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. This time, we're going to talk about professional liability insurance. We've spawned um, a lot of New indoor cycling studios over the years and they're growing at a rapid rate and many of them are looking to you as the instructor as a subcontractor, independent contractor. And as such, you're typically required to carry your own insurance. I uh, put up a post here a couple of weeks ago where I found a company that offering, that is offering just a phenomenal deal on something that's really just an expense for many of us uh, through what's called HIPSO, the Healthcare Provider Service Organization, and wanting to communicate more as far as the the why and how of professional liability insurance. I contacted them, and they've provided me Colleen Kelly, who is their vice president of program management, and Colleen's joining me now from, where are you, You're in
0: Hatboro? Hatboro, Pennsylvania, yes.
1: Well, welcome to the show, Colleen. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Professional liability insurance, some of us um, are, are finding as a requirement and yet we know very little about it. Can you get, start by just giving us an understanding of you know, what it is and then we'll start talking about risks and what people should be looking for?
0: Sure. Uh, professional liability really is... Um, a liability insurance that protects the professional um, in how they're licensed and certified, whether it's a fitness instructor or a physical therapist, um, they train and specify in that class. And our professional liability policy really... Um, Gives them the coverage that they need if they're training someone and you know there's you know they get injured or hurt and they sue them um, for that exposure um, and it really um, gives them broad coverage for their professional exposure from licensure to suits uh, from clientele um, or if they're named in suits. Does that kind of give you a, a good sense?
1: Well, exactly, and you know it's not something that you think is going to happen. But inevitably, something could happen.
0: Right, but it's, it's really you know, any kind of incident, medical or, or fitness related, uh, in this case, uh, for professional services um, that you're responsible for when you enter into a contractor with a client or a facility. Is
1: it your experience, clean that if, if, even if you have, even if as I'm an instructor, I'm in a studio, somebody slips and falls walking out of the bathroom? Is it your experience that if there is an injury that requires, you know, dollars to fix that that I could be part of a suit even though I really had nothing to do with it? I was just there as the instructor?
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, certainly um, you can be brought into a suit um, just because your name was on an invoice or you were present or within the company that the slip and fall really is a general liability, um, not a professional uh, claim, but um, you could be you know one of many that provided a service to a client and they name you know each party in the suit um, just looking to to maximize the opportunity.
1: Okay, well, that's interesting because I'm obviously uninformed. just Explain the difference between a professional and a general liability. how does How does that break down?
0: Sure. Well, the professional really is related to professional services. A general liability claim is really related to building slip and fall, property coverage. Um, You have a fitness studio and you're providing services, you're renting or subleasing space. They're going to want you to have both professional for your professional services, but the landlord usually is going to require you to have a general liability policy so that if somebody comes into the building unrelated to you, slips and falls, in your space, um, there's coverage for that. So it's not a professional incident.
1: Got it. But do they over, do they overlap in some way?
0: There can be some gray areas, but it's usually, you know, there's separate limits provided for each for the professional and the general. And usually you, if you take, you know, a million, three million on the professional you mimic the same on your general liability. Um, but you know, there can be some gray areas there. Yes.
1: Got it. But just so that I'm clear, obviously, as the as a contractor to this studio, I, I'm not going to have a general liability
0: policy. If I'm you're sub-leasing have, space, you should because if they slip and fall, um, you could be held well, liable. I'm, no, what I'm saying is that I'm
1: I'm teaching for your studio.
0: Oh, correct. I should have my own general liability policy. Yes.
1: And then I should have my own professional liability insurance. Correct. All right. What does that typically cover then?
0: The professional liability. Correct. It covers you know any kind of medical incident um, you know related to the professional services. It extends coverage to um, what we call license protection. Um, if your license or your certification was um, you know brought the, before a board um, of action or if there was a complaint rendered, um, there's protection for that. There's protection for HIPAA coverage. The information privacy is included in that. Um, There is expense coverage um, if there's, um, you need legal representation for an incident. There's coverage if you do damage to property of others. Um, There's some. Coverage built in for sexual misconduct and abuse, which is, you know, more prevalent uh, in the last few years. Um, there's also some medical payments coverage, some first aid benefits that are built into the professional package. Okay. It's automatic. What,
1: what are the typical limits of uh, of the policies that, that, that I would need or should have?
0: Sure. Standard limits in the industry um, are a million per occurrence, three million aggregate
1: okay and hopefully we don't ever have to use any of that i've had conversations with instructors that or other people just in general that say well but i have homeowners insurance and i potentially have a live uh, an umbrella policy connected with that does that is that enough
0: you know you have to be cautious when it comes to that um, standard homeowners policies may have endorsements for certain classes. Um, I'm not an expert in homers, but many years ago we did work in that industry, and they'll cover things like beauticians, real estate agents, um, you know, some basic. But when it comes to really professional services, fitness instructors, um, I, I don't believe that that's a standard um, endorsement, and I don't believe that you know, even if they have an umbrella coverage with that homeowner's policy, that it doesn't extend. There's some limitations there.
1: Okay. So is that a question best asked of your existing uh, insurance representative? Absolutely. A-
0: absolutely. You need to ask them if, if there is some kind of professional liability built in, what, is, what are the limitations?
1: And then that would take them to either a, either direction you know, where they could say yes, we can help you, or no, they can't.
0: You'll find that whether it's a homeowner's policy or they could have a business owner's policy, where they may have some incidental professional liability built in, um, but it's very basic. It's not broad. It doesn't have a lot of the features and benefits of a of a true professional policy.
1: Got it. I'm aware of a um, a studio. I, I don't think they're in business anymore. <clears throat> Excuse me, but where it became known that they were no longer, you know, financial constraints. The first thing you don't pay are the things that you think you can get away without paying. Um, and it turned out that the studio did not have insurance. Does that protect a, an instructor in, in that situation, what we're talking about?
0: No, no, it does not. I mean, if um, they don't, if there's no... Well, um loss of income or there's no, if they don't pay, I mean, the policy would lapse and there would be no coverage.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Let me ask it again. Is that I'm an instructor, I'm teaching for XYZ Studio, but they're not paying their general or or their liability insurance? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. But there's some event that occurs. Does having a professional liability policy protect me in some way?
0: If it's a professional claim, if it comes in, I, I mean, if there's a general liability claim... Brought against the uh, center, and you're named in it. There certainly could be um, some uh, coverage that's provided, um, but in that case, it's you know they don't standardly become the primary. The facility would be, and if there's no coverage there, there may be some coverage afforded.
1: Okay, because I just see this nightmare scenario where something happens, and you know the studio owner's insolvent or and they start looking for other people to sue. And, you know, you find yourself with um, means um, and or particular uh, potential. Well, I mean, they'd have,
0: to find, they'd have to find you liable. I mean, that really becomes more of a legal issue.
1: Okay. Um,
0: but I think that they would have to pursue legal action and they would have to, you know, render um, you accountable for, for the loss to even, you know, party to that.
1: Got it. But between the start and finish of that finding, uh, there's legal expenses that the person... Correct. And and, right.
0: and if you're named in a suit, uh, we're going to defend you um, in the That's policy. what I'm trying to get yes. at. Right. Yes.
1: Got it. Okay. So you're not going to go broke by paying attorneys to protect yourself.
0: No, no. We will always defend um, until, you know, decision is made. There's a duty there.
1: All right. So when someone is considering uh, professional liability insurance, what should they be looking for in a policy?
0: They should absolutely be looking for a policy, um, you know, from my experience, that's admitted, um, which means it's regulated by the state and and rates are regulated and the program is usually regulated. Um, And they want to look for features that give them, you know, The limits obviously one of three as a basic, Um, prefer no deductible so that they're not having to pay out of pocket. Um, And look at the carrier is definitely A-rated and financially stable.
1: Is there anything extra that is sometimes recommended?
0: Definitely, Um, there are options out there in the insurance market um, when it comes to defense where there can be limitations within that one million, three million limits or there's an option to go outside of that. Um, so if the expenses exceed the one million, three million, it would automatically cover that. Um, so they want to look for defense outside the limits. Definitely be a positive. Um, you know, sexual misconduct and abuse today uh, definitely a must-have.
1: Okay, explain. Ex- you know, I mean, it, it, it sounds obvious, but I want to make sure I understand it. Explain where that, how that comes come into play.
0: It really can come into play. I mean, if you're uh, in the professional liability industry, you're usually seeing patients or you're seeing, uh, you know, clients instructing them, fitness-related and otherwise. So it becomes an issue when they, you know, a lot of the claims that come in are, you know, when they draw the line between what's professional and really, you know, the nature of it, it becomes uh, sexual or um, inappropriate in nature, and most of the claims um, really are defense-related legal costs.
1: Yeah, thankfully, we're on a bike up in the front of the room, so <laughs> we're not working that closely with others typically.
0: Right. Okay. So, but you're instructing them so they could, you know, well, somebody. I mean, I've I've seen. It's interesting how claims can be spun. <laughs> um, But certainly that's something that's in the industry-wide today. The other thing is they also want to look for um, HIPAA, you know, information privacy is, you know, a lot of folks, um, you know, want to make sure that that's included.
1: Okay. Explain why that's important.
0: Well, I I don't know how much it it affects uh, your industry, but um, when you're filling out paperwork on health and your fitness, Um, You know, I'm sure you're doing height, weight, things of that nature. It's private information. They don't want that information shared, their medical history and such.
1: Okay. And someone could file a claim against you?
0: Yeah. I mean, you could, you know, if your documents are electronic and, you know, files were stolen and information became, you know, public or, or out there, they could pursue damages.
1: Well, you know, it's interesting you say that because recently within our industry we're we're adding technology that allows us to gather um, metrics uh, data on uh, you know how hard did you work what was your heart rate you know and, right. and, and as a component of that creating a profile typically is you know sex height weight those kind of things and mm-hmm. and obviously it's not particularly sensitive information but I'm but I'm guessing somebody could potentially feel that it is.
0: Right. And the limits, I mean, it's a $25,000 limit that we include. So it's not significant, but it's definitely something that's out there. Um, We try to keep pace with what's happening uh, in the industry and the market.
1: All right. Uh, In in our particular situation, my wife Amy teaches for a uh, small private uh, elementary school and she teaches the uh, she has a regular class with all the uh, teachers Okay. And she teaches Pilates and the school requires her to have, I can't think of the term off the top of my head, something that identifies them as a joint coverage. with uh,
0: They want to be additionally verb. insured so that if there's a claim pursued um, with her being on school property, they're additionally insured for the work that she's doing.
1: Okay, so how does that... Um, Um, say there was some event, what happens in that situation then?
0: Well, it depends on how the suit is brought forward, you know, who's named in the suit. Usually in that case, it would be the school and whoever providing the services, in this case, your wife. Um, And we would certainly, um, if we're additionally insuring them, and um, we would open a claim, certainly, and investigate. um, But we would provide a vicarious liability to the school if they were brought into suit as well for the services that she performed, but we're not insuring the school at large.
1: Uh, I'm trying to understand specifically why they asked for that. If, if, if she, she has to bring documentation that she is insured.
0: Because they feel liable. I mean, she's providing services on their property to their teachers. So they want to be protected. They don't want to be the deep pocket if they're pursued because of a client of hers or because of something that she's done or instructed. Um, they want to be protected.
1: And does that uh, additional insured, does that carry with it some notification again, if, if, if Amy decided to cancel if the policy? If she were to
0: cancel the policy, yes. There is notification that goes out to the additional insured of the lapse. So because we're, we're additionally insuring them and listing them as a named insured, additional insured on the policy.
1: Got it. Okay. So then to go to a more specific example to what we're talking about is that if I was a studio owner and I'm hiring subcontractor instructors, do I ask for that from my instructors?
0: I would, yes. And I'm sure any attorney would recommend that. Um, just as precaution.
1: Okay, good. I want to make sure I understood that. You said something here a moment ago that kind of triggered a thought is that the, the, the policy doesn't, as, as, as I'm understanding, it does not, nothing happens until there's a lawsuit. Is that correct?
0: Or an incident. If, you, if you're if you aware of an incident, you report the incident to us. We file what's called an incident just so we have documentation. But unless a suit is pursued or, you know, a, a client is uh, requesting damages, um, we don't actively pursue it unless uh, it's invoked.
1: Okay, so if, if, if God forbid somebody got hurt, I don't tell them well I have insurance, so go to the doctor and send me the bill.
0: You should document you should have an incident report as part of your you know business plan um, of the information you take and you file and certainly submit it to your insurance company as an incident only.
1: Got it. okay, well, you know that's an interesting point as well. Can you expand on the, that report? You know what would the elements be that are critical? Uh,
0: um, usually it's just, you know, documentation of when, where it happened, who was there at the time, um, and sort of, you know, any, um, commentary from the, uh, uh, patient client, um, or any surrounding, um, you know, folks that were there at the time, anybody that witnessed it, um, and sort of just any of the, the details.
1: Okay. Pictures and the, uh, Pretty much just anything like if you have an auto accident I imagine
0: yeah I mean picture you know I'm not sure that pictures really you know unless it's um, they tripped over you know something and there's there's you know a hole in the ground or something like that sure a mechanical
1: but, failure on something or
0: right but really you know the the details surrounding you know it was not an exercise they normally provided to this person was it instruction they normally gave was you know why was today different than yesterday's training?
1: And is that at that point, though, when you, as the affected party, you're the instructor that some event occurred, are you trying to gather background data, you know, on the person at that point?
0: No, no. At the incident stage, it's really just defining, you know, documenting what happened and when, so that if you have to come back to that, something happens down the line, they bring a suit a year later, you've got the documentation of what happened.
1: Correct. And, that's, and that isn't a good point you just made. It could be a year or longer before this actually Correct. And so documentation Correct. up front is critical because everybody's memory is very fuzzy.
0: Right. And if you wait till a day or two later, a week later, if they call, they say, you know, any anything related to the time and, and parameters within and when it happened is really important.
1: Exactly. And if you're teaching for a big box club, you know, Part of your policies are typically to to do exactly that. If there is some incident, it it all needs to be documented very thoroughly.
0: Right. Good documentation goes a long way. It
1: does. Yes. Yes. Because I realize sometimes people's emotion can get uh, um, cloud what's happening. You're worried about the person, you know, whatever, and and the details um, as far like you're saying documentation can be lost. All right, Colleen. What else? should we be discussing or commenting on?
0: Um, you certainly, when you're looking for a policy form, uh, there are two different forms that they can purchase. They can purchase a an occurrence form, which claim happens a year from now. Um, you're going to be covered whether the policy is enforced or not because it was enforced when the occurrence happened. If you purchase what we call a claims made form, um, the incident would have to happen during that claims made policy, and if the policy lapsed um, and the claim came in after that, there's no coverage. I'm not
1: sure I understood the first one. Help me understand that.
0: Occurrence. Um, It's you know you you have a policy. It's an occurrence form. It's it's active for you know for this. 2013-year term, if you had an incident that happened during that year, regardless if you cancel your policy a year from now, you'll always have coverage if that incident occurred during that time that the policy was active.
1: So if something happened, but I'm not aware of it, is that what you're saying? And then a year later, somebody comes and sues me? Correct. So how do I understand that when I'm buying a policy, what I'm getting?
0: You need to ask for an occurrence form um, when you're purchasing it, and typically um, that's standard with most markets. Um, you get into some of the non standard markets, um, many of them may only write claims made form. The claims made is cheaper in the first few years, so some people, um, you know, depending on price, if they're a startup, they may choose to purchase that because of cost.
1: Got it. Okay. But if the policy lapses, so does any. Uh, value to the to the person who purchased it. Right. Got it. Okay. So is that what I bought from you?
0: You most likely bought an occurrence form.
1: Okay. I'm in Minnesota. I don't know, and and uh, that's something we could talk about as well. All right. Um, different states have different policy requirements. Is there?
0: Um, most of them are countrywide. There are certain pockets of states, um, very small, that have um, different limits requirements. Like Virginia has statutory limits that require, um, you know, 2 million, 6 million um, for medical professionals. So I don't know. It may, may not affect fitness professionals.
1: Okay. Well, when I was on your site, when I was selecting uh, the policy you know, you have a simple application form online. Right. There was a, a chart that listed num- a number of different states and depending on what you were doing, uh, as far as even as a fitness instructor, if you're a yoga instructor or, or a group fitness instructor, they had, there was different pricing ranges of that.
0: There's certain, uh, like Florida, um, there's certain limit maximums that you can take um, depending on the class of business. But our forms are, you know, standard across oh, the board. Got it. Um, okay. There are some states, you know, that require taxes, Kentucky and New Jersey. Um, so there are some regulatory uh, requirements, um, but m- most of it's countrywide.
1: All right. And when I'm looking at your website here, it's, just hpso dot com, right? And so, and somebody can go there and, and go right through and get a pretty much an instant quote once they've answered the questions that they're correct. Okay. A few questions, yes. Anything else you feel we should add?
0: No, I think if if, if you look at those components, um, most of the programs have you know some optional benefit coverages built in, which is really what you know. The features that you want to see. Um, So, and and certainly look to any associations that you're affiliated with. They usually will drive you to, um, you know, an insurance program that they recommend or they endorse. So, certainly that, um, you know, holds weight.
1: Well, Colleen Kelly, I appreciate your time today. Uh, This was informative. If someone has additional questions, who should they contact or how should they contact someone?
0: Um, they can go online um, or they can call one of our toll-free numbers and speak to any one of our customer service representatives. Do you need that number? Oh,
1: please, if you have it.
0: Sure. The uh, um, the uh, toll-free number to our call center is 800-982-9491. Um, And you'll speak to a licensed representative that can, you know, take you through the process or answer any questions regarding coverage or form, contractual obligations that you may have.
1: Perfect. All right, Colleen, I appreciate your time today. Thank you.
0: You're welcome.
1: Thanks for listening to the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast, the voice of indoor cycling. You can find us at IndoorCycleInstructor.com, and we're in the iTunes Music Store. Search Indoor Cycling and subscribe to our free podcast. Now, if you're like most instructors, you're struggling with finding the time to create the perfect class profile and the music playlist to go with it. If that sounds like you, consider a premium subscription to ICI Pro. We've done all the work for you. Inside ICI Pro, you'll find the largest collection of comprehensive class profiles for teaching conventional classes, classes featuring heart rate, and also power, contributed by the most diverse collection of master trainers and rockstar instructors on the planet. Every profile includes a complete music playlist we guarantee your class will enjoy. Combine ICI Pro with Spotify, and you could be ready to teach an awesome class in minutes Visit indoorcycleinstructor.com forward slash pro and start your no-risk trial subscription today.